This episode is brought to you by Dreamy because my previous vacuum cleaner broke down already. So I'm trying to search and I found this R20 series from them, which is this cool looking vacuum cleaner. It has ultra high suction power. And what I like the most is that 90 minutes extra long battery life. And it's just amazing. Vacuum cleaner now got AI dust detection and it auto adjusts the suction power. Also, it allows you to change the component in accordance to the area that you're trying to clean and it's made out of carbon fiber that's why it's very very light so my wife also can help me clean sometimes <laughs> anyway this just makes the entire cleaning process of the house really easy if you're looking for an extremely cost-effective vacuum cleaner do check out the link down below what's up guys you guys are watching the eheng podcast and today we will answer a question this is from david dear sean my wife and I are British Chinese and my wife grew up in Penang. We have both spent the majority of our lives in UK and we are currently renting and working in Singapore for my work. We have an idea of preparing a plan B where I would take early retirement in a few years and we will pursue our hobbies. I am 47 years old, may work for a while but sometimes I think life is too short and would not prefer to be a wage slave. Our plan B involves owning a property for ourselves to live in as well as a few rental properties for rental income in KL. We came across your property review channel and podcast and have been watching it religiously. Thank you for the fantastic content. It really helped me believe my plan B dreams may be possible. We love how you have shared useful guidance in an unbiased and down-to-earth practical way. For our plan, we have a cash of 3 million ringgit as well as a couple of UK BTLs generating passive incomes of around 20,000 pounds a year. Ooh. The mortgage on the UK properties are very small and I should be able to finish paying them off in the next 2-3 years. Our questions are Number one, based on desktop research, the only rule or downside of buying KL properties as a foreigner seems to be the requirement of purchasing properties more than a million. I think the stamp duty and other fees are materially the same. Whether you are a foreign buyer or not, is this correct? Number two, do you think I should purchase, for example, three properties of cash, one million each? with one to live in and have no mortgages or do you think I should get four to five properties using some leverage? Number three, which three areas would you recommend for our research? We would prefer more expat slash international areas where there is good convenience and good schools. Seeing your videos, we were thinking maybe Mong Kiara, Mangsa, Maju and Bangsar. Number four, please kindly share other tips and guidance for us too. For more context, in case it is useful, we have two teenage kids. 12 and 16. We have a separate pot of saving for their education. My mom is in Hong Kong and our other parents have passed away. My wife has family in KL. We both speak Cantonese. We also have some stock investments too, which ideally we won't need to dip into except to use the dividends to top up for everyday living. The dream is to leave off the income from our assets and then to pass on the assets to my kids. Please do let us know if you require any clarification and really hope to hear your answers either on email or on your show. Thank you very much in advance, David. Wow. <laughs> so, it's always very heartwarming when we when I start seeing audience writing in from a separate 
continent all together so that's the power of social media anyway but thank you very much for the email and let's just wrap up this a little bit right because there's a lot of terminologies that i don't think everyone would understand right so husband and wife with two kids 16 and 12 now working and renting in singapore so they are uk citizen but but the wife grew up in penang so now after working for a while he thinks that he don't want to be the wage slave anymore plan b is to own a property in malaysia then rent out then get rental income and live off that then he has some time to enjoy life which i absolutely agree so that is ultimately the goal of property investment a lot of people would think that property investment is to create wealth a lot of people think that property investment makes money so once i buy right i will make a lot of money that's a very very wrong expectation of investing in property actually to me property investment is a wealth diversification tool not a money making tool so if you build business if you earn wages you earn handsome salary or whatsoever until you have a pot of saving how do you ensure that this does not diminish in value across time by inflation how do you put inflation on your side is by putting them in property so by putting them in property we gear up the leverage and that allows us to leverage on other people's resources such as time such as money such as knowledge and the thing is this a lot of people think that oh 30 years later you confirm make money yes and no because if you were to buy an apartment now let's say 500,000 30 years later maybe it's 1.2 million did you make money on books you make 700,000 on books but to me I see it as us not making a lot of money just by having that 700,000 is the value of money at 30 years later is that rate it means a 500,000 30 years later is around 1.2 million so it also means that by putting our money in the form of real estate allows inflation to be on our side if not 500,000 if we just keep it in cold hard cash it's gonna be the same 500,000 in 30 years time but we can no longer afford the same apartment anymore but how do we then make money is by the equity built by renting out the unit so it's built by the tenant every month they will pay renter 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 right so maybe every month we earn maybe 100 maybe we negative 100 negative 200 but across 30 years right there will be a point where renter will be higher than installment already maybe at year six maybe at year seven is absolutely fine from then on 20 over years, you just collect rent and just live life. At year 30, the same apartment that is 1.2 million, you earn 700,000. Yes, but to me, that is just a correction of the price for the property. What we really earn is the equity built by the tenant. So across 30 years, they settle all your interest, all the installments you owe the bank, right? Then you left with one fully paid apartment. That's the game that I'm playing right now. So by just owning a few right now that can break even every single month across 30 years time then going back to the plan by david uh, we have a cash of 3 million ringgit then they have a couple of uk btls btls means the form of loan that they use for investment properties because in uk they divide the intent of properties very specifically if you are buying to stay in you will have a different housing loan if you buy for investment the interest is going to be higher 
the requirements to things is a little bit more different and it's for investment so it's very clear cut and you cannot just go the other way because if you buy for housing why would you want to pay higher interest right so if you buy the lower interest rate one which is for dwelling then you rent out is against the law and they are very strict with it but now every year got hundred and ten thousand and it's around two to three years time they will fully pay off already so everything is going to be settled maybe at year four two to three years later at year four which is going to be 50 years old hmm okay so the first question right foreigners seem to be having a requirement of purchasing property above a million in kl yes but something to take note for foreigners right especially if you guys are in singapore it's not that far like, actually you just can just stop by <laughs> two three hours drive anyway the tricky thing is this uh the boundary of kl is actually within clang valley slang oh. and that's the weirdest thing so if you look into the structure plan which is the plan draft out by the town planning authorities of malaysia right they are designated into zones kl yes uh one million would be the bare minimum for a foreigner to buy but in slango it's actually two million but if you read the fine print it's actually divided into zones then there are also restrictions like you cannot buy landed houses in individual title so that's the rule uh, generally and malaysian being malaysia like some time ago our past finance minister announced that oh foreigner we're going to reduce down the minimum price uh foreigner we're going to announce this right whatever announcement on the press most of the time because it's a desperate move to earn back votes uh, or to get political favoritism or whatsoever lah. so most of the time when these ministers make announcement right not necessarily the whole body of authority knows about it right? <laughs> and that's the weirdest thing so back then when they were announcing this revision of the minimum price when is it executed when will it happen nobody know but currently now what's solid it's the 1 million for kl 2 million for slango and the weirdest thing again when you look into the boundary of what's Klang Valley and what's KL, it's very, very close. So this is where like one of the episodes that's going to come out soon in KLGCC, like one side, like Mong Kara is 1 million, but you go slightly south a little bit to PJ, then it's 2 million, which is the, actually the same street. Then at some street, one side is KL, one side is PJ. Like Kinrara is Slango, but Bukit Jalil is KL. Literally the same street. So this is where you can really find a lot of value as a foreigner because 1 million now, to be very, very honest, in those prime locations is nothing much. Lah. So these are the areas that you say. Mong Kiara, definitely a good goal. It has always been very famous for expats, right? Not only for Angmos, but a lot for Koreans, for Japanese. Also Maju as well, yes. Bangsa, definitely. Lah. So I'll add on some actually like Damansara, definitely. KLCZ area, definitely. But at this stage, when you are going to move over here, let's say maybe three years or four years time, right? your eldest kid will be 19 then your younger kid will be 15 so what's going to be the main consideration will be where the 15 year old kid is going to study <laughs> right so that will dictate everything else instead of your lifestyle so what i'm trying to say these areas all will have very famous international schools so no worries about that but in terms of lifestyle right it's pretty much like singapore one a lot of people like to compare 
Malaysia and Singapore, right, which I don't think is a very good comparison. I would prefer the comparison to be KL and Singapore. So the lifestyle is pretty alike. And I would argue that KL lifestyle is actually way more expensive than living in Singapore. No joke. So I have this business friend that actually teach me about how they think about conversion when they venture into businesses in Malaysia. A cup of venti latte for Starbucks here is around 15, 80 to 16 ringgit. But if you compare that in Sing dollar, right? and you look at the earning ability, Malaysians are pretty rich in that sense, especially in these areas. So the only great side where I can see a lot of savings will be the lodging cost at this current moment because now Singapore is really insane with the rents right now. If you don't own a HDB right now, you are still renting, right? I think the rent almost doubled across several years really. <gasps> so kalian, my God. But if you come to Malaysia, in this somewhat oversupply situation, right? It's heaven to actually just rent. Yeah. But back to the first question, right? The stamp duty and other fees technically is all the same. There's no extra stamp duty like in UK where foreigners are required to pay extra 2 to 3% on the property just because you're a foreigner. In Malaysia, not no, no, no such thing, right? Just that in terms of qualifications for the loan, like the previous episode, we I spoke to Rina Chong about it in a podcast. Uh, if you work in Singapore in the MNC and you are a salary worker, right? Very easy get loan. Very easy. So no worries about that. So going to question number two, do I think that I should purchase three properties of cash, one million each, then one to live in and no mortgage, or you can just get four to five using the same leverage. My point of view, it really depends on the property yield. You have a lot, right? But every month cannot break even one, so what for? And I don't really encourage people buying properties using cash at all, seriously. So like, why would you want to put in all the money in and get it locked up? in an asset instead of just keeping it in a bank using banks money to finance the property so i would suggest right to get one at a time when you move over or suggest just rent first right get the right school if this unit is not nice maybe you don't like monkara too busy right then you move to uh, bangsa but then like oh it's still okay then maybe like these are the expat famous areas so the rental rates will be expat rates but if you just move slightly away, right? For example, you just move to PJ a little bit. If you just move to Sagambut instead of Mong Kiara, you just move to Sagambut, right? Easily the rent you can save 30 to 40%. Literally, it's the same street. Literally. Then a lot of people think like, oh, Desabak City, yes, the lake is very nice. But if you really know the way, you just move a bit to Taman Sri Sina, move to Amampuri a little bit, you get so much more value for your money in terms of space and lifestyle. Because everything, when you move into an expat area, right, everything will be expat price. So if you are here, for business purposes and you want convenience at your goal, right? By all means, literally by all means, right? Let our Malaysians make some money. <laughs> but if you are here for retirement, there are way more values to use your money. Like if you were to move to Shah Alam, right? Or if you were to move to Subang Jaya, whoa, the money that you are earning passively, right? Is good enough already. And that's the whole punchline where I had the conversation with Faizul Rizwan, the founder of uh, Far Capital. So he was saying about this, like, 
imagine having all those passive income that you get from your investment in foreign currencies all convert back right so like today itself during the recording it's about five ringgit to one pound imagine the conversion rate right Whoa. and with eight thousand ten thousand ringgit a month you can live very very comfortably as a couple in malaysia very comfortably because chicken rice yes it's expensive for local but to you mm, yes, nothing wrong so if i were in your position my game plan will be this i will rent temporarily i will set maybe like six to twelve months first to test right test water first i will go into all those locations that you think it's okay or maybe when you have time during long weekends just drive up get an airbnb unit and feel the vibe of these locations if you need more guidance you can dm me on my instagram i-h-e-r-n-g they'll tell me hey i will be coming here where would you recommend right then suddenly you will realize that oh like everybody knows singapore for marina bay sands only but they are actually way more value for money locations around. But everybody, oh, I want KLCC. Oh, I want Bangsa. Oh, I want Monkara. That's way more value around it, where it's like literally one street away. And that will be the jam and somewhat homework for you in that one year time. So in that one year time, after I test a bit here, I test a bit here, okay. Then get the first one for your own state. That's the most important. Ma. After that, then you kind of know the culture of renting already. So you can invest in Mong Kiara, Bangsa, Wangsa Maju. No problem. Those will be investments where we can just look at rental yield. You put in 10% or 20% down payment. But the problem here is that you are 50 years old. Or so the loan maybe can stretch to 20 years, right? You can take loan up to 20 years then your tenure will be a bit, but you got cash, right? I will just put in maybe 20% cash or 30% cash in every month break even and just live off it. All I'm saying is we shouldn't focus on the numbers of properties. Instead, we should focus on the quality of property first. What's the point of holding five but all lose money? Especially if you guys are coming from the perspective of UK property, the perspective of Singapore property. Singapore property, once you buy any HDB, right, 98% you won't go wrong, man. Confirm make money, man. <laughs> right? Seriously, confirm make money. You don't make money as something seriously wrong. But in Malaysia, it's a whole different thing, huh? Like a month, we have 30, 20 over new projects launched in a month alone in KL. We haven't considered JB, we haven't considered up north Penang or whatsoever. KL alone. So when oversupply is a thing, everybody will be get not gonna make money, right? But People still own 25 to 30 properties. They still get their rents paid by their tenants. And the homework here is then where to buy. Like these areas will be expensive. And since you have the limitation of 1 million, why not focus on those? It means these areas that you just highlighted, those are ideal for investment because it's expat popular. But for value, for money, dwelling, lifestyle purposes, they are way better locations for you since your wife is a Malaysian. And that indirectly address question number four, also other tips, right? So I would really suggest like, I do understand the romantic concept about owning a place to stay. But personally, I see a lot of value in renting a higher range properties. Because for example, a landed house that is 2 million, 3 million in PJ, the rental is not going to be very high one. A lot of people will think it will be 6%. A lot of people will think that the rent is set at the installment rate of the property. No, 
market decides what's the rent for you. So the point is, so after you get familiar with Moncara, then you can go around Sigambut area, try out the Bandar Sri Damansara. Then maybe Sungai Bulo is the way to go. Then maybe Kampung Subang is the way to go. Maybe Kota Damansara has a better vibe for you. All these are fancy locations, again, for investment, but I would suggest to just venture around. So when you come here, get a car, and the best thing about Malaysia, there's no limitation to the age of the car. You can really finally spend. I, I don't encourage this a lot, but since you are in that second life of passion and living, really, maybe finally you can get the dream car of yours, finally, then get it right around. Maybe KL is not the place to go. Maybe Penang. Maybe Ipoh. Seriously, like maybe you can just go up to Penang and stay there. I don't mind staying in Penang actually, but maybe not Tanjung Tokong area because the jam is terrible. And thank you very much for sharing your story because this has always been the motto of the channel. Like once I start investing at maybe 28 or 30, right? By 60, all my assets that I've gathered so far will be fully paid. And by 60, I had enough, maybe 55, I retire already. And I have certain nest eggs around, some stocks investment around, and I start living life. In the meantime, take care of my health so I can live until 100. Because if we think about it, by 24, when, you, when we graduate school, we work until 60. That's like how many years of working only. So by 30 to 40 years of working, you need to sustain yourself until 80 to 100. How do you do that, right? By focusing on your earning ability, number one. The second thing, after earning money, where do you put your money to make sure that they work harder for you? This is where property investment comes into play. Then the hack to that is, if my active income is something that I really, really enjoy, it's not working for me, I will work until I die. But if you're working for an MNC just for the money, nothing wrong. But then you need to have the second phase, which is like you, plan B, sorted out. And there's a lot of value in Malaysia. I think it's something also I've realized a lot. Once I start thinking about Singaporean lifestyle, everybody travel overseas for holiday because they are having a very strong currency, number one, but there's nowhere to go in Singapore. <laughs> so in Malaysia, for example, I stay around Bukit Jalil area. One hour drive away, I can reach the beach, I can reach a uh, waterfall area, I can go picnics in KLCC, I can go shopping in luxury malls, I can have hotel cuisine, or I can eat omakases or whatsoever. So everything is within reach. The only limitation is money which is what something that a lot of experts that come in at your 50s, 60s, you guys can absolutely afford, plus the currency exchange. So Malaysia is seriously very, very beautiful in that sense. Every day you can really predict the weather, it's going to be hot and wet. <laughs> and you get to drive your car at your convenience. I think at this point, right, I'm like going to be the ambassador for retirement in Malaysia really, because I seriously see a lot of value. For those even locals, right, why must we stay in KL when we retire? Why not we move into Kajang? Why not move into Rawang? Why not move into Semenye? Why not go retire in Genting? Like, not main, main Genting, but halfway there, where the air is cleaner, it's cooler. I go to KL City maybe every fortnight once. But then having all my investment properties collecting rent all the time. And if you start early enough, right, by year 15 or year 20, every month positive cash flow already, then it's entirely up to you on your ambition. So let's say if you want to retire with 
20,000 rental income from your properties, right? So let's say if you have one properties where installment is 2,000, then the rent is 2,002. Yes, it's not very convincing right now, but until you fully own a property, it still rents out at 3,000, no more 2,000, but 3,000, that's 3,000 part of your 20,000. How many properties then you need to have to get this? But before that, which property can give you positive rent first? That's the point. The most common mistake made, especially from people who comes from the Singapore market and UK market, you guys are spoiled in terms of certainty. You guys are spoiled in terms of market demand over supply. But here we have supply in abundance. So the homework before getting one that can have positive cash flow right seriously it's not emphasized enough so no rush it doesn't mean that you buy a 5 hdb convert or make money i also would wish that i can buy 5 hdb but in malaysia we have a different advantage altogether we don't have 25 percent down payments we can actually do more things if you really look into the channels especially the the topic about channels of buying so basically we have new properties to buy we have sub sales to buy we have auction properties to go for. We also have this thing called the property bulk purchases. And this is where we get a lot of value, but you gotta know what to do with it, how to go about it. And this is something that I will encourage you to actually go and check it out, which is this topic that I've discussed before. The others is pretty straightforward. You buy from developer or buy from the market. The third and fourth is something really value for money, but a lot more homework is required or cost or fees, something like that, right? Anyway, thank you very much. Welcome to Malaysia. Like Malaysia welcomes more people like yourself. We have the perfect infrastructure, perfect lifestyle, perfect food, perfect people, perfect property investment strategies, perfect investment opportunities. Yeah. Maybe I should work myself into Malaysian ambassador. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for writing in. I hope this is helpful. Can't wait for you guys to actually move over. Then maybe we will bump into each other in Moncara sooner or later. And with that, for those who still have any questions regarding what I say, do just email me at T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G, T-A-N-I-H-E-R-N-G at gmail.com or you can just DM me on Instagram, I-H-E-R-N-G and I will see you on the next one. Ciao.